chapter 12 in your Bibles, if you would, please. The Lord Jesus is turning his attention and teaching his disciples and teaching the masses at the same time. But really, his heart is to get into the hearts of those who would follow him. So I think the information that he's telling us is very applicable to you and to me in the scriptures. And he's telling them, number one, as you go out into the ministry, telling his apostles of this, and I think we can apply it to your heart, you've got to watch out for the spirit of fear. And that is the verses 1 through 12. He said, look, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say whenever you get into a difficult time. I'll give you the words to say. He gave it to Paul when he stood before Agrippa in, in Festus and Felix. He gave it to Stephen when he was getting ready to be stoned, what to say. And he'll give it to us. He said, don't be afraid of people whenever you're trying to live for the Lord. I don't want you to have that problem. And he dealt with that in verses 1 through 12. Verse number 13, as he is preaching, he is interrupted by a man who said, Jesus, would you speak to my brother because we have an inheritance and he's taking more than me? And would you help make my brother give me the right amount of inheritance I should get? And Jesus tells him very quickly, he said, look, that's, that's not what I came to do. And it's not the important thing. By the way, it's amazing how many people get in fights over money. Don't be one of them. Many of you, you fight so hard, fight so hard over money, you could go out and make that same amount of money if you just got with it and quit arguing with people. It's the silliest thing we're going to do one day is to fight. And money, but money's a core issue. And the second thing he's going to address is the spirit of covetousness. Now, all of us have inside of us an itch for more. Whatever we have now, we still want more. Many of us, we have so many neckties, we don't know what to do with them, except for maybe hang the guy who came up with the idea. But we can't hardly walk by Ross and not buy another necktie. We've got so many dresses, and girls have got dresses and blouses and skirts, and you can't already fit them into your closet. But you go shopping this week to find another one and try. It's crazy, isn't it? We live in houses that really supersede the average person in the whole world. We have comfortable places, and yet we put our key in a door and say, man, I have to live in this piece of trash. I wish I could have a bigger house, a better place. It's that lack of gratitude, lack of contentment. And it pushes us to covetousness, wanting more and more and more. Now, all of us naturally and by God's design have a desire inside of us to have that's not wrong, it's not sinful, to do some things, to go on vacation with your family, that's not wrong, to enjoy a relationship with your spouse, to, to have children things to do and things to have, and then things to be. Uh, that's inside of me and inside of you, and it's not a sinful thing. If we didn't have those three desires, to do, to be, and to have, we would just be a bunch of blobs sitting here sucking in air. Because God put inside of us a little, but all of that has to be tempered. Because that desire to have is fine as long as it's, it's coupled with the desire to give. It's okay to have a desire to, to be in control and make decisions as long as it's coupled with prayer and dependence upon God. It's okay to want to do things as long as it's tempered uh, with 
with fasting and restraint. But we had that problem. And the Lord Jesus knew that his disciples and you and I could not be good, disciplined followers of God if we were overwhelmed and paralyzed by fear. And we would not be very good if we're captivated by covetousness. In the book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, Apostle Paul would say, Timothy, Timothy, I want you to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Because no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, but he seeks to please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In Christianity today, in this room, in my own heart, we oftentimes do not know when enough is enough. How much am I going to need materially? Now, you have to have material. All of us need money. All of us need a place to live. All of us need a, you know, not all of us, but most of us need a car or transportation to get from location to location. We need clothes to wear. We, we need things that, that to have food to eat. Those are things that God understands. But he knew that it would get out of balance. And he gives us a story with a man. He's trying to give spiritual information. The guy says, hey, can you help me, my brother? He's right, but ripping me off on our inheritance. And he's saying, come on, you're, you're missing this. And he uses that to segue into a lesson about covetousness. Let's look at it if we can, please. We're looking at verse number 13 of chapter 12 of Luke. By the way, nothing gets our attention quite like money does. And God knew that. He'll say in this context, in verse number, I think verse number 30, 34, you can underline it in your Bible, chapter 12, verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your be also. That's how your thinking and your feelings, your devotion and your, your desires are going to follow your treasures. Because of that, the Lord gives us this story. Verse number 13, and one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, they divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me the judge or divider over you? I am not going to spend my time making those kind of decisions. That's what Jesus is telling him. That's, 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 that's not in my rug. If you want to go to court, you can go to court and do that. If you'll see the chapter ends with the court, uh, but it's with the Lord. And you'll see that later on. Look at verse 15. And he said unto them, take heed, or be very aware of this. Watch out for this. Be very, very thinky about this all the time. Beware of what? For a man's life consisteth not of the abundance of the things he possesseth. Watch out for that desire to have. It's in me, it's in you. It's in the poor of us, it's in those of us who have a little bit more in our checking account. But it's in all of us. He said, watch out for it. He said, because a man in God's opinion, is not valued by what he has. He's valued in what he is and whose he is. So he's telling him, he said, look, be careful because covetousness has a mentality. If you have more, you mean more. He said, a man does not, his life does not consist of his stuff. It's not who who dies with the most toys wins. That's not a biblical verse. So he's challenging them with this concept. And by the way, you and I will never be the servant of God we ought to be until we get our head around these thoughts. Fear and greed. Fear and covetousness. It has to be addressed. And Jesus knew that. And I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. I'm especially talking to my wife. I'm just joking. I'm talking to my kids. I'm going to hear about that later on. That was a dumb thing to say. Would you pray for me? 
at the invitation. Would you come and just pray for me there? No, I'm talking to my children. I'm talking to, I'm talking to my friends. I'm talking to our assistant pastors. Because this something, it bleeds through in all of our lives. We want to know we're going to be okay with or without God. And really, it's not what we have. It's his presence we need. It's a challenging thing. Look, if we can, please, to the next verse. The Bible says, verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. He tells a story. So there's a guy. He's already got more than he needs, but he's had a bumper crop. Verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. You see a personal pronoun keep popping up there? I think he's all, set. he's all set on who he's thinking about. What do you think? I have that same problem. Verse 18, and he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. You're secure, buddy. You've got it together. You've planned well. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. So we find a fellow here that's really focused and uh, very successful, and there's nothing wrong with the success in and of itself, except he's turned it all about him. It's his fruits. It's his barns. It's his excess. It's his life. It's his soul. And he says to him, you know what? I'm good. I am going, I'm going to, I'm set. I could really relax the rest of my life and just take in all that I have in store. And he said, I'm going to say to my soul, take it easy. Enjoy life. Now he says here, this is now the Lord speaking. Look, if we would please at verse number 20. And God said unto him, Thou, what? This night thy soul shall be required of thee, and who shall those things be which thou hast provided? He said, how about this? you got an appointment with me tonight. You're going to meet with me tonight. I remember the story, the, the story, kind of a, kind of a uh, fiction story, but it was about a man and his, and his slave or his servant in Baghdad. And, he, and they were walking around the markets in Baghdad many, many years ago. It's an ancient story. But as they were walking around the markets and doing things, the slave or the servant saw death in his human form. And he ran to his master and said, Master, please, I just encountered death. In this, and he gave me a threatening look. He said, would you please give me a camel or a horse and let me ride to Samara? And I'll ride all day and I'll get there so I can avoid that threatening look that death gave me. And the man was a good servant. And so the boss said, take it, go, ride like the wind. And he did. He ran all day long and, and on his way to Samara. Later on that morning, the story tells that the owner of the servant saw death also. And he said, death, why would you scare and give my servant such a threatening look? He said, oh, that wasn't a look of threat. That was a look of surprise because I have a meeting with him tonight in Samara. And he ran right into death's meeting with him. You know, the truth of the matter is, all of us are running into death's meeting. 
It's appointed a man once to die. One day you're going to die, and, and you and I may have our casket in town this week. By the way, if you're listening to me today, whether you're online or you're listening to the radio or you are right here in this auditorium, look, it's not hard to have eternal life. God did all the work. But you need to believe and receive Jesus as your Savior. Don't leave. If you're not sure if you were to die, you'd go to heaven. Please don't leave today without getting that settled. God loves you and he wants you to have eternal life. No one wants you to have it more than God does. Matter of fact, the Bible says that God is not willing that any would perish or go to hell, but that all would come to repentance, come to him, and change their mind about who he is and what he can do. Well, he said, look, you're a fool. Now you're going to die tonight, and who's all the stuff that you've reserved for yourself? Who's that going to be? Now look at verse 21, would you please? And so, he that, so is he that layeth up treasure for who? And is not rich toward God. This guy, he focused on himself rather than God. He focused on things rather than life. He, th- he focused on time rather than eternity. And we find that this fella was the loser. It looked like, and everybody thought he was the, he was, he had it all going on, but he was a loser because he did things for himself and was not rich toward God. Now, I just don't, I don't know exactly, and we're just reading the same Bible, aren't we? If the shoe fits, you wear it. Because God can speak to us if you're, if you're on, if you're on Social Security and a, and a, and a, a monthly income, or you're on food stamps, or, or you own a business. It doesn't really matter where you are. The situation, God's word is very applicable to each of us. And he says, listen, whatever you do, don't get so caught up in things that you're trying to accumulate for yourself at the expense of being rich toward God. I, I love and I enjoy seeing God's people who have been blessed by God do simple, menial tasks for the Lord. They're not, it's not above them to, to go to a work day. I saw one of our men who owns a company and there, there are some men who really, they could do more for the cause of Christ by working a day and giving towards something. But this man had a little boy with him, his son. And he brought his son to a work day. Took off work, but he could probably do a lot more things, have many more things to do, but to teach his boy to give to the Lord of his time and efforts. And it's a beautiful thing, showing that things done for God are eternal. Things done for self, they're good and Boy, you need to have those things, basic things. But I'm telling you, we need to realize when's enough enough. And what are we doing for ourselves that we're not rich toward God? There are some people that they, they don't go to. And I'm not here to beat you over the head. You need to figure out what God wants you to do. We got time for everything. We'll, do, we'll go and travel games. We'll do the concerts. We'll go here and do vacations. And we won't lift a finger to get a gospel track to someone. If we tithe, we think we're killing the big one. We won't pray for a missionary. You can't stand the prayer time at church. It drives you crazy. You're thinking while you're praying, I ah, can do this at home. Why are we doing this? I wish we had a pastor would get hurt and get start preaching. You think prayer is a waste of time. You think Saturday soul winning meetings are just that's, just, that's for the people who do the bus routes. No, it might be for you, Spanky. Well, I've got things to do. I've got my yard to get And it can be all about your yard. And I, th- I mow my lawn. You have to mow yours. I mowed it this week. We have to take care of our things. But there are some things that are really rich toward God. You need to figure out where it is you're supposed, to, you're supposed to fall in on that. What are some things you could do for God, but you don't? And I'm not going to say this to aggravate anybody, but there's some of you that you ought to be in the choir. 
But you're not going to give that two hours a week to practice. You'll give two hours a week to do other things you want to do. Some of you could play an instrument for God. Some of you could be uh, working on a bus route or visit someone or do some things. Listen, let God, let God jangle your, your little, little chain. and Find out what God wants you to do. But this, this poor fella, God called him a fool. I don't know about you, but I can call you a fool and you can call me a fool. But if God calls us a fool, I mean, that's pretty accurate, right? He said, look, you're an idiot. You, you accumulate all this stuff, and you've you got an appointment with me tonight, and who's all that stuff going to be? Because you're rich toward yourself, but you're not rich toward God. And once again, I see all of this somewhat as a balance. It's not an anti-accumulation uh, necessarily, or, or, or work, or profit. It's really understanding, what does God give you those things to do? Now he's going to go into another, another, uh, another message. Let's keep going if we can, please. Verse 22. Read it with me out loud, would you please? And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, or neither for the body. For the life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. So he's going to tell them, he said, Look, here's, the, here's, part, of the, here's part of the application. He said, take no thought. Now, that doesn't mean don't think about what you would wear today or what you would eat. It thinks don't worry about it. He said, I want you to spend your time worrying about things when God's got this. Everything you have comes from God. Would you understand that? But for the grace of God, you couldn't even find your mouth this morning with a spoon. But for the grace of God, you couldn't add two and two and make four. But the grace of God, you could put one foot in front of another. Everything we have comes from God. Everything starts with him. It ends with him. Well, I worked hard. I pulled myself up my own bootstraps. No, you haven't. No one can do that, and that's not possible. Everything comes from God. If you're married, that's from God. Whoso finds the good wife finds the obtainer of the Lord. You get a gift from God. If you're single, that's a gift for this present time and some of you for a lifetime. Everything we have, the Lord has given us. If you've got a dollar on your credit card or, your, or your, your, your debit, that's from the Lord. If you've got a job, that's from the Lord. If you've got a retirement, that's from the Lord. If you live in America, you're really blessed. A lot of things we have, from everything begins with God. He says, so what in the world are you going to spend your time worrying about it? And then he uses three analogies. He said, I want you to consider the ravens. In other passages of Scripture, he talks about the sparrows. Have you ever seen a starving bird? I don't think there's very many of them, if there's any. God finds a way to feed a bird. And if he can feed a bird, guess who else he can feed? You. He said, I want you to consider the facts, the, the fowls of the air. He said, they, they, don't, they don't like worried, oh, what am I going to do all winter? No, God takes care of them. In the cold days, and the hot days, he said, I take care of them. I, I make sure there's stuff out there for the birds. And if I can take care of the birds, I can take care of you. He said, how many of you can add one inch or one cubit to your height? None of us can do that. You can't, you can't make yourself taller, maybe with high heels, girls. But, the, the, but you're not able to do that to your He said, consider not only the fouls, but consider the facts. There is limitations to what you can do physically to make yourself different. And he said, I want you to consider the flowers. The flowers... He says, the, the, the lilies don't toil or spend, and yet they're clothed beautifully. 
And guess who does that for them? God. And he wants us, he says, why, if you, if, why would you worry if the God of heaven is really who he is and he loves you? He's going to feed you. He's going to take care of your body. He's going to take care of your clothing. Then rest in him. Let's look at the verse of Scripture, and we need to hasten today, and you're listening well. Verse number 20, 24, consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They don't plow the field, and they don't reap. They don't plant so they can have something. But neither have storehouses or a barn. They, they, don't, they don't plan up for the future. But God feedeth them. How much more is he better than, are you better than the fowls? And which of you, if taking a thought, can add to your stature one cubit? And ye are not able to do that thing which is least. Why take ye thought for the rest? He goes, I'll take care of your body. I'll take care of your food. Verse number 27, consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not or spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, one of the most well-dressed person in all of history, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, and today is in the field, tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, neither uh, be ye doubtful of mine. For all these things doth the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Where did you read verse 31 with me? But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. All the things. He said, I, I, I got that. He said, consider the fowls. Consider the facts. You can't add to your stature. Consider the, the flowers. You, 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 can't, you, couldn't, you couldn't clothe yourself as good as them. And your heavenly Father knows. I love what he says in the next verse, and we'll conclude with this. Look, if you would please, at verse number 32. This is a classic verse of the Bible, one worthy of underlining your Bible. Let's read it together. Ready? Fear not, little flock. You know, really, we have here, he calls us a little flock. You know, unfortunately, Christianity is very small. Jesus said, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. He said, he goes, I know that God always works with the remnant. If you, if you have to have the majority to feel confident, you will not be a Christian and a faithful Christian very long. Any old dead fish can float down streams. It takes some strength from the inner man to swim up the stream of this world, flesh and the devil. He said, he said you're a little flock. But we have not only a little flock, we have a loving father. We have a father who loves us and cares for us. And then he says, I can't wait to give you the kingdom. And of course, if you have a kingdom, you have to have a king. And there is a, there's a domain that God has for us. And we oftentimes spend too much time sweating the little stuff. Focusing on things that God already has prepared for us. And we need to trust him and love him. He says, number one, deal with the spirit of fear. Number two, deal with the spirit of covetousness. And then look at verse number 34. Read it out loud with me, if you would, please. How about 33? Sell what you have. He says, he says don't, don't get caught up. This doesn't mean you go totally broke. It just means remember what you have in your extra sell what you have. And give alms. Share with other brothers and sisters. Provide yourself bags which wax not old and treasures in heaven that faileth not, where there is no thief that approaches, nor their moth that corrupteth. Everything in this world I try to store up 
can be captured, can be consumed, and can be corrupted. But what I give to the Lord becomes eternally immortal in nature. It becomes eternal in nature. Here's, here's his last closing statement, verse 34. Read it with me. For where your 